Hey, everybody, who's next? It's Ryback's dad. Oh, Goldberg. He was a football player, and they found him in a strip club. He was what? the savior of WCW. Wait a minute, what? How the wrestlers met Bill Goldberg was in a strip club in Atlanta, and they said, hey, you can be a wrestler. Wait, a wrestler. They and, Wait a minute, they met him in a strip club? Jim, I can't remember who talk, tells the story, but Jim Ross talks about how they met Bill Goldberg in a strip club, and that's why it's stupid that he was a wrestler. Jim Ross talks about it? Yeah, Jim Ross does not like Bill Goldberg. Why? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that got really introspective for a second. You're like... I don't. I can't text. Well, he always Jim. talked about he was just really hard to work with when he came to the Fed. He always used. The, he thought he thought he was going to be John Wayne, and he was more portrayed like Wayne Newton, and he didn't really know how to deal with it. Um, what do you mean portrayed like Wayne Newton? He, that he was like kind of he wasn't the like sawed off killer that he was supposed to be. Even though he was, this we're really jumping the gun. But if you want to, they start off pushing him so fucking good, which is The Rock's cutting a super heel promo because he's just beaten Austin. Yeah. In Austin's final match. Yeah. And Bill Goldberg just comes out and spears the fuck out of him. Yeah. Oh, man. That's such a good fucking. Um, well, let's, let's start off. Uh, Goldberg was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's. Older brother, very good friends with Ric Flair growing up. Mike really? Goldberg. Yeah. So Bill Goldberg knew Ric Flair from a young age. So he was always around wrestling a little bit, was aware of it as something. Weird. Anyway, he's a fucking Jew, so that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> strike one strike one on that one um his uh father his name is jed jed goldberg <laughs> jed you're a hillbilly jew how the things they kkk would have burned a star of david on their lawn if they could figure out how to build one well all right so uh, this is my best way i can explain there was a guy in an open mic who uh in toronto when i first started who explained it um there was a guy who came up and just made fun of Jewish people, and then this dangerous man followed him, uh, who really never say the names, never. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I'm pausing. It was a guy named Mike Ross, <laughs> <laughs> but it, like it's I don't know. It basically wasn't a anyway. Uh, this dude did a set, and then Mike Ross came up after. He's like, you know, every time someone makes fun of Jews, they make fun of those New York Woody Allen Jews, and then he looked right at the guy who just did his set. And there was like no one but comedians in the bar. And he's like, they don't make fun of the Russian Jews because we're the ones that will make your dog, your house, and your family a fucking memory. Holy <laughs> and then the rest shit. of the set was just talking about how the bar isn't doing well and he'd how here's how I would burn it for insurance money. Here's my question. <laughs> Who was um, the, uh, 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 the guy who made fun of Jews? I don't know. I forget. It was just some guy who I'm assuming is now... A memory <laughs> in a locked room <laughs> with a gun pointing it at a door, <laughs> just sweating. It has been for the last one. <sighs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, okay, so B Goldberg goes to the power plant and they start building him up as just no. I want to talk about his football career. He was taken to the eleventh round, three hundred second pick by the Los Angeles Rams. He was in the fucking CFL. He went to the CFL. Stop yelling! I have neighbors. No, you don't. Your favorite, your neighbors are all fucking losers. You want to know how his uh, NFL career ended? He tore his lower abdomen, abdomen off his pelvis. Oh fuck, that sounds. Yeah, so that's terrible. disgusting. 
when I read that, I certainly stopped Why and looked at the train. This episode, you were because stop shouting. Seriously, stop shouting. I do have neighbors, and the walls are thin. He was in the CFL. <laughs> was he? A- was he a Cal- was he an Edmonton Rough Rider? He was a Sacramento Gold Miner. <laughs> oh, that's right. When the CFIL briefly had American teams. Yeah, when they there was one I'll never forget it. They sang they the Las Vegas Posse got a they played I forget which Canadian team, but they sang the Canadian national anthem, and they couldn't they they got someone who like had a bit of a recording deal to the American national anthem, and for the Canadian national anthem they got some Vegas lounge singer who. Learned the words to O Canada, but had never heard the melody. So he just went, Oh Canada. Like he sang it like Oh Christmas Tree. Like, Oh Canada, Oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee. That was great. That was the best. So uh, now let's get to during rehab for his uh, injury. He started uh, powerlifting and go to martial arts. And that's what he went to. WCW. No, a strip club. Oh. I guess. Yeah, he went to a strip club. They met him there, put him in the power plant. He was trained by that guy, Sarge, who was... <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, my finishing moves in armbar. Ah, Do you remember who are six-year-olds? Uh, yeah. They were, the WCW jobbers were the best. Jerry Flynn, <laughs> Sarge. Oh, man. And they had Sergeant Craig Pittman. Oh, the fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, uh, the red alert armbar. Yep. And then he feuded against... Cobra, who I think was Del Wilkes, but I can't remember who. The, no, he feuded against Cobra, who became Glacier. Oh fuck! Glacier was sick. Oh, Glacier, what a fucking guy! Anyway, that's my favorite thing about Chikara. For one of their first big uh, wrestling events, they just were like, "We got Glacier, guys," <laughs> <laughs> and they had Glacier come out in all his fucking. They like they spent their entire budget just on recreating Glacier's entrance from WCW. It's amazing that Chikara's still going. Yeah. Um. So Goldberg did that. Debuts in the in. Oh, by the way, I just want to on the side. Chikara's like the hottest ticket ever in wrestling. Like they don't allow cell phones at their events. No. So they don't. No one tapes matches. So they're DV, They're the only company that sells DVDs, and they're like, oh fuck, because they never moved. What instead of moving to bigger arena, they just keep hiding the raising the prices. So they basically play this exact same arena. They always sell out, and it always sells out in like eight seconds. And they just keep raising the prices. It's yeah, a great they, fucking model. They play the ECW arena. I'm pretty sure is where they do it. No, it's in LA. John Hastings can go to Chikara. Oh, I want to go to Chicago. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. So, who was Goldberg's first loss? Kevin Nash is the first person that beat him. Chad Fortune. Oh, the first person he beat. No, his first loss was to Chad Fortune in a dark match on uh, Saturday night. WCW, Saturday night. (sighs) And they never talk about the fact that he lost that match. Well, the other thing is, what they could have done, they could have done stuff like they did with Tyson. Like, as Tyson... They ran out of opponents for Tyson in the 80s. They started being like, well, he did lose amateur fights and bringing up the dudes who like shit, but beat him as an amateur, like on points when he didn't know what he was doing. And that would have been a really cool thing they could have done is just like bringing people from his Chad team. Fortune, just Chad Fortune, just make him like a mid, you could make him like a mid card heel. Like the, it's kind of weird. All right. The UFC did this thing where a guy dropped out of a main event, like with days before. So they basically were like, fuck. And Daniel Cormier had like a lot like trained for the u.s olympic team with this dude patrick cummings is this i assume it was john jones the first time and that's no this was the rashad evans one this was his first fight uh his new weight limit anyway 
they get this dude in he just talks a bunch of shit it's never really in doubt that cormier is going to beat the shit out of him cormier of course beats the shit out of him but now this guy's the equivalent of like a mid carter because you started him out on a main event losing to like the strongest guy in the company if you think about it in pro wrestling terms Absolutely. and then they just basically rehabbed him by giving him people they knew he could beat and he beat a bunch of people and now he can like main event smaller cards so they could have done that with chad fortune yeah but then they would have to point out that goldberg got beat yes but as an amateur do you just say that's his amateur record yeah they would. i think it would do you know what I mean? Way, I, I see what you're saying, and it's it was a way to rehab. As a professional re- as a professional wrestler, he's never been beaten. But he did do some independent work, and he lost to Chad Fortune. And bring that guy. You know what? That's a way to do it, and it would have been interesting. And it it would have been like a three-week build, and it's a way to keep him... And it's a way to keep him off, like, delay the inevitable of him having to... I don't think he necessarily had to lose in the way that he had to lose. They could have done what they did with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. We're jumping the gun. Debuts, Kevin Sullivan loves his look, according to my research of watching shoot promos. And his big thing was, is they were very concerned with how bad he was at promos. So they basically just said, you never talk. Yeah. And he didn't for a long ass time. And they basically just had him go out and fill time for a while. His first big program was with who? Uh, oh, with fucking Steve Mongo McMichael, baby. Yep. Alex Wright and Deborah, And he was sort of their goon character. That's when they slowly started realizing that this guy was getting monster fucking attention from the crowd. Well, because that's the funny thing about the Mongo match is if you watch the Mongo match, he hits him with a pipe. Yeah, he's like a heel. Yeah. Like he's a heel and he's giving up he's giving up ground to Mongo. And the other thing about that is Mongo is like no selling shit and fucking like you could tell there's real kind of like animosity there. Mm. Has that have you heard anything about that? I haven't really, but I know that Goldberg was never popular in the locker room, didn't really know how to do it. Yeah. Always sort of looked down on wrestling because he'd come from football and was like, This is a way to make a check. He's also very interesting because he's essentially the first He's one of the first guys that comes from football. He's sort of in the mold of Lex Luger. Comes from something else, doesn't really care about pro wrestling. He's a little bit embarrassed by it. But unlike Lex Luger, he gets over so fucking huge. Well, because he's so much more intense. Like Lex Luger, if it would have been the internet age in the 80s, Lex Luger would have never gotten over because that fucking Bruiser Brody thing. No sold it, and Lex Luger got scared and literally climbed jumped out. out of a cage. Yeah, jumped out of the cage himself. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, but Bruiser Brody still gets declared the winner. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that's a, that's a like a fucking in the internet age. That is a career ruining. Yeah, Dylan, I've heard of it before. I know who the Bruiser. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I want shut to, up. Stop, please, Dylan. Seriously, fucking stop shouting. I'm not shouting. No, you are. Seriously, don't be an asshole. It's just they have kids over there and the walls are really thin. John, I'm not going to suck your penis. I'm turning the podcast off and you're going to get out of my house. <laughs> get up in your house. Um, I'll buy a house. Um, so, say um again. All right, I will. John owns a, owns a house. I own many houses. I'm very wealthy. John has his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's kids over there. Oh, there's kids. John knows there's kids. He clocks when the mom's home. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I, I find her attractive. No, because really. you are attracted to babies. No, I'm not. You are. Oh, you're you like punt Snitsky, the babies, but you punt the babies. You, you punt funk the babies. <laughs> you fuck them. I just teach them to dance. No, you don't. I do. Shut up. You never have done that. Bill Goldberg. Okay. Uh, so it, it, basically, it's just a quiet build, and it's just a nice alternative because he's basically also the only guy who's winning clean matches over recognizable talent on WCW television that isn't involved in the NWO. And he's also turning squash matches into an art. Yeah. Like, he's just running. He's just freight training people. This is also... he uh, Something you really have to talk about is his moveset. It's very simple, but very high impact. And he's just fucking... Like, he's fucking people up and being super stiff in a way that no one is. Like, no one was as stiff as Goldberg in the United States... Like and made it look good because the difference between like the nasty boys being really stiff, yeah, it, and like just fucking punching a dude in the face, versus a guy being like, "Hey, I'm gonna pump handle slam you. How are you gonna land? You figure it out." Um, completely. It's also one of those Come. things where the, he also had the perfect booker for when he started, which was Kevin Sullivan. Always loved having a big monster guy like Purple Haze. There was another guy named Gravestone in Florida. Or Tombstone or something like that that he would always have as just sort of a monster guy that was built around who would just do that. Bruiser Brody was used as that for a while. Uh, just beat people up. And it's a great way to get people over. And the kind of the shitty thing about Goldberg too is every guy that kind of looks like Goldberg now or every guy that's pushed like this is now gets Goldberg chance. Like people forget this and people when lesnar first came in people just chanted goldberg all the time we're like oh fuck this guy because they he was the first guy they just fucking like you beat the undertaker you beat hogan you're beating everybody and they did it all in like six months yeah versus a guy like goldberg where you don't really realize it here but he has steps he takes through like six months of just killing people on wcw saturday night yeah goldberg is, and it's just a different part of the show too like you have the cruiserweights goldberg smashes a guy back to cruiserweights back to nwo this again was an amazing thing about wcw that's not talked about is they always had a much better variety yeah than wwe because that's the thing about uh wwe they still don't have any variety really on their shows like they having a cruiserweight title is a great idea in the 90s because you have kevin nash you have the giant like you have all these huge dudes so a cruiserweight obviously is going to sound sounds super obvious but they look different from them they look different they're doing a completely different thing um it's very very simple it's very very like you know what i mean also 1990 um Six is when he starts debuting slowly. Uh, first dark match was then in 1997. Um, okay. How long was he in the power plant for? He was in the power plant for less than a year. But he has this one thing that I think people don't really have in wrestling that he innately understood, which is very simple, is that when they were like, here, you're going to do the jackhammer. Which, by the way, the jackhammer and the spear... People forget the spear was used as every single person's fucking finisher. He was now. the only one who did it. He was the only one. He was the first person to just spear somebody. He was the first person I ever saw use the jackhammer. Maybe that was like a Japanese move. I guarantee it was, but yeah. yeah. And he went over. He's like, all right, if that's my finisher, I have to be able to do it with the biggest dude. And Reese from the flock was yeah. there. And he just went up jackhammered Reese. And he was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be my finishing move. Because that's a really, really uh, important thing. Because when you get to like Diesel in 95, when Diesel 
faced uh, Mabel. Mabel. He couldn't give he him. He couldn't the, jackknife him. No. So it's like he had to big boot him. And then you're like, well, listen, the fuck. You don't. You almost feel like you didn't see anything because you're like, well, he didn't. You want to see? That was my major question: is can he jackknife him? And the clearly answer is no. Well, that's the big thing. Is it's also like when he does the jackknife to the giant, you're like, holy fucking shit, that guy's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so... Um, he first defeats Bill DeMott, by the way, was his debut lo- uh, debut win. I couldn't remember who it was, but it was, I looked at it. It was Bill DeMott, September 22nd of uh, 1997, and that's what this, that's where the streak officially begins. That was what they counted it as match one. Really? Yeah. And the streak basically continues on, and there's some dispute over if it was how many matches in when they got it started going right. The official count where they start really counting it is 70s in the 70s which everyone is like that's definitely exaggerated and by that point yeah because you would have to count the number of weeks of television possible right yeah because he was smashing dudes on wcw saturday night he was smashing dudes on saturday night and house shows and all that sort of stuff but still they're like he got to 76 and oh fast yeah and the funny thing is like i guess as a missed kind of a weirdly thing what a missed opportunity is can this guy beat goldberg on wcw saturday night like obviously he can't but like they, I don't, I don't remember them but ever the, doing they that. They didn't really do they that. They just like he was like hard work. Bobby Walker is dead. Well, yeah, they would basically be like, "Good God, what is Bill Goldberg gonna do to this guy?" Which I think they needed to put a bit more of Jeopardy in the match. There, that apparently was one of the things with the Regal match, which was around this time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Regal match because it's funny. Funny enough, I always remembered that match because that was the match where that was the first match. After the Mongo match, that someone actually like got a couple moves in on Goldberg, and it was like a hard win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, to me, it only it really looked like a hard win. Like it didn't look like oh he took advantage of me or something like that, which is kind of weird. Well, there's two sides. Bill it's Goldberg's- just kind of weird for Bill Goldberg, the guy who's like, I just fucking fight people, man. I like because he'll talk about this in interviews all the time. He's like, I'm an alpha male. I just want to square off and fight people. That's why I still kickbox at fifty. That's why I do all this shit. And then to be like, he took advantage of me in the ring. It's like, well, aren't you supposed to be like a fucking alpha male? Like, you can't be both those people. Well, again, it goes back to Bill Goldberg. You can't be like, apparently. oh, uh, I'm king shit. Anywhere I go into is my house. And then be like, I sit when I pee. I'm a woman. You're not a woman, Bill. Women are bad. <laughs> Bill Goldberg apparently had a very bad reputation in the back yeah, for just being a bit of a prima donna. And Regal also was... A straight up, he was a Billy Robinson style shooter. So when that, yeah. apparently he just cinched in a lot of moves. Regal went in there and was told it was apparently a miscommunication. Regal was told it was a six to eight minute match and make him look like you might beat him by fucking using some weird British submission moves on him. Yeah. And Bill Goldberg was told it was a two minute match. Oh really? And it was also the time when they were transitioning Bill Goldberg from working heel in the ring to working babyface, and that's an uh-huh. interesting distinction because if you are a super wrestling nerd like I am, you know that. The heels called the match. Oh, doctor. The only person that is the inverse is Steve Austin. Steve Austin always called his matches. Um, but Hulk Hogan, it was uh, did it sometimes, but mostly it was also the heels always calling the matches. Okay, cool. So, all right. So, which is why Ric Flair always liked working heel because he liked to be in charge of the in ring action. That makes sense, though. You want to, like, fucking be the master of your own. Like, if you're as competent as Flair, 
you obviously want to guide where the story goes, you Completely. know? And that's also where things like Randy Savage always pre-rehearsing his matches is he's, he came up as the son of a promoter. So mm-hmm. he knew if you weren't the heel you, and you were the baby face, you needed to protect yourself because the heel could make a bunch of spots and call them in the ring that you have to obey because he's going to go into them and you don't want it to look botched, but you could be shown as being weak in the ring and that can affect your career. So it's an interesting sort of distinction to be aware of. A, and of just a, shit like that's just not planned out now. Where they're no. like, okay, just beat me. I don't care. That's the thing, and it's also it's also a lot of guys don't care about winning or losing. Apparently, they're like, whatever, it doesn't affect me. It absolutely affects you. Look, Bill Goldberg. But what are you going to do though? Like, I, I, here's the thing: at this time, WCW, and like you said, son of a promoter, Randy Savage. Those guys had things that here's what WWE talent don't really have now: options. No, they absolutely have zero options. But in the same way that, but again, it's different, which is make yourself a star any way you fucking can. But you're a star. But even like Cody Rhodes now, by winning and losing in and mostly losing in WWE over his run, is now at a point where a lower mid card dude can go headline all these indie shows because nerds like us will be like, oh, they'll use him properly now, like the fucking talent he is, because he's fucking great. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just by laying on his back for that many years in the Fed, he's gained a drawing power that a guy who probably maybe is as talented as him just frankly does not have. But that's not true of everyone. I'm not going to see R-Truth when he's doing independent shows, but I would go see... There's a specific type of guy, though. You yeah, know what Sandow I mean? like, or Rhodes, definitely. Sandow, Rhodes, even Drew McIntyre has pretty much reinvented himself. But I know who that guy is because he was on WWE television for so long. I see your point, but I'm just bringing it back to Goldberg. What was interesting about Goldberg, and especially in matches when he'd have to go longer, is you could see the fact that at that time he was essentially a wrestler for a year. Yeah. And that was, I think, part of the problem. They apparently still don't talk, and there's big issues. I, on Regal's side, quite frankly, I think that... You know, Regal probably was a miscommunication. Regal did what he can. It's not nearly as the botch fest that everyone says it is. There's one really awkward spot. That's it. Yeah. And he still takes the fucking jackknife. Like, it's not like he doesn't take the jackknife or take the spear. Jackhammer. Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah, I understand. And the other thing is, it didn't look that bad. If anything, it made it look more rough and more real. Because, like... When I watch that match, I'm like, holy shit, something's happening. You know what I mean? Like, this mm. is. And I think that they. He's not just like murdering Hugh Morris or murdering Jerry Flynn or like. They needed to do that. They also needed to do what they did with Steve Austin when he was injured, which is have him come out and do that move to people and make him a little bit more of a human. In that, like, for someone like. No, that's the whole the whole draw of Goldberg is he's the fucking, like. No, not right away, but machine. they have to do. You have to reinvent him at a certain point, which. They never do. We can get into we can get into our like um, fantasy booking of Goldberg after the break, but like because I had some I had some thoughts about how I always thought. But the uh, thing you have to remember is Bill Goldberg debuts in '97. By '99, he's had he's lost the title, and he's because shit goes so super quick, man. Yes, but they didn't need to do any of that. Like, I think it's important to start talking about this now. Let's go up until he loses the title with Kevin Nash. He goes on the streak, becomes super white hot. Everyone gains attention. Fucking Mark McGuire, who at the time was about to set the home run record, had Bill Goldberg come touch his bat because he fucking loved him so much. Yeah, of course. All this sort of shit. He and he comes. He's sort of an out of nowhere star. And it was Kevin Sullivan's big sort of last ditch thing as he lost the book completely until after. Um, 
uh, Eric Bischoff gets sent home the first time is because Bill Goldberg, he built from the ground up and absolutely everyone does say that is that he was the one specifically who came up with the streak build it and even he said it the streak didn't need to end in the way it did you needed to end it in a, a weird fluke circumstance to keep him completely protected or you need him to go away and be a fucking massive beatdown and he's not heard from for a while yeah not the way that they did it because they basically built up a new hulk hogan in what he was like what a built what i mean to build like a beatdown like just like a beatdown like like uh like the one man against him or everybody like as in if you're going to so how you would end that Kevin Nash Nash match we're skipping a lot but basically the entire build of the streak culminating in him beating Hulk Hogan was just he fucking mowed down everyone in max 5 minutes yeah and it was awesome the only thing that he could compete with rating wise was Sable apparently was yeah the, was the only thing that people would be like eh. that's so insane yeah and I remember it. I remember Goldberg at this time watching WCW. You'd be like, wow, Goldberg, stretchy you'd tits, get exci- you, Exactly. You'd get excited. And also, because you knew how long the matches were going to be. It's going to be five minutes, a fucking slugfest, and you're done. Culminates, he wins the U.S. title from Raven. Awesome. Well, the other thing is five minutes, and it looks like he's actually really hurting this guy. Like, there is no attitude at, like because outside of ecw and taz you didn't really have a this guy's fucking fucking people up like yeah. like yeah attitude error guys didn't really have that they were all like the personality over like austin and rock are really good in real workers and triple h was as well but none of them looked like they were killing someone no the rock against again specific people mcfoley he looked like he was killing him and mcfoley mcfoley looked like he was dying he didn't look like he was killing anybody mcfoley is a guy who you watch the fucking mind games master with Shawn michaels when he starts getting offense you're like well he's going to kill him (laughs) all right so but let's continue with this uh the pay-per-view debut is uh obviously at starcade uh defeating steve mongo mcmichael and then he moves into my personal favorite the fucking flock where the flock comes in and it's Raven. I don't like how they did this with Raven, but because they job Raven out completely, and I I think Raven was fucking great. I'm a big Raven fan. But Raven. they have him kill everybody to do with the flock. They have him kill Saturn, who's kind of like little him, and he has some trouble with Saturn. And then immediately they start the Raven match, which is really good because like Raven's his chicken shit or whatever. But he kills everyone with the flock, like even putting him over more as like uh as a really good completely i think that that's a really good say really good fighter at guy he's good at stuff he's good at the fighting again with bill goldberg in this situation and it was a wcw problem is that be- they were good they were so good at waiting for like three angles with the reveal of hogan they teased that perfectly and it was revealed at the exact right time when stig and hogan finally met perfect right time but that flock thing you could have built that up which is like you got to go through every flock member and not do it as a gauntlet but this is probably the genesis of them being like because he probably i'm I'm gonna say probably he probably started that match like because this is when they started being like oh goldberg beat up two guys in the back that's another two victories so like he'll beat up raven and reese interferes and kidman interferes and uh, Lodi interferes, and he beats them up, and it counts as four victories because he beat up the other three guys too. Like yeah. that's when they start fucking shit up. That's exactly what they start doing is they keep adding it because it goes from the other thing is you have an MMA character and you actually have Michael Buffer as a ring announcer adds a lot to it as well. 
completely, but he's not even in the main event yet. He doesn't really get into the main event picture until he wins the world championship. Yeah. But but just going on the Raven angle and just showing that this is how you you could have gotten so much more out of Bill Goldberg, and they refuse to do this. Is you that character is such a and they did it with Taz and Shane Douglas perfectly, which is all the people in the crowd want to see this guy beat people up. So the way to make anyone a monster heel is don't give him the opportunity. Put people in front of him, run away. And Raven would have been a perfect chicken shit heel trying to get in Bill Goldberg's mind. Cage match, yeah. Cage match, exactly. Culminating in a cage match. And now he's finally got his fucking hands on the motherfucker. And do that for five minutes. How fucking crazy would it be? But I do understand the, like, let's speed this shit up. Like, let's speed this shit up. Uh, we need this guy in the main event because at this point I disagree but Bill Goldberg but at this point need him in the main event he doesn't need at this point he was so fucking popular you didn't need him he didn't need a belt yeah he's kind of like Undertaker status yeah so quickly it's spectacular the Raven thing was awesome but again you could have dragged that out that could have like you didn't need him facing Raven for six eight weeks you could have dragged that out you could have gotten two pay-per-view matches out of that could have gotten two pay-per-view matches out of him facing him trying to get to Raven before he gets to Raven. Yeah, and something that the WWF was great at doing in the '80s and no one does anymore, which is feuds lead to feuds. So the way you 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 win a match and you're immediately attacked by someone else because they're now the content stuff like that. So it's all a linked story. So then it's these guys are all together now and why they hate each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just don't do that anymore. And this would have been a great opportunity to do that. Instead, beats Raven in a second. And that immediately segues into Eric Bischoff is now losing in the ratings to the WDF for the first time. His hottest property is Goldberg. Hulk Hogan, knowing that it's starting the start of the summer, so the ratings are going to lag, makes sure to get off TV. So how he does that, and he needs to lose the belt. He did it before by losing it to Lex Luger the year before. He did it this time by losing it to Bill Goldberg. In the Georgia Dome for the largest fucking crowd that that company drew. And they didn't even need to fucking have that match because it was already sold out. Why the fuck would you do that? That should have been the beginning of Goldberg chasing Hogan until Starcade, And you have Starcade Hogan versus Goldberg. And you end the NWO with Goldberg beating them soundly. Yeah, 100%. But it's just it's just a ridiculous waste of talent on their part. And it's the beginning and end of Goldberg is when he beats Hogan because he has no viable fucking challengers. The pay-per-view after he beats Goldberg, he faces Kurt Henning for no reason. Yeah, it's like a return match. Yeah, it doesn't... It's what? Well, I mean, then you do the whole thing where it's like... You don't even it do might be overkill, but Goldberg holds both titles and God damn it, he's going to defend them both. And just like hour one... Goldberg United States title completely hour two Goldberg heavyweight title and then you do the the this is what something they did with Kurt Angle in TNA actually Kurt Angle held the X division and uh, heavyweight title simultaneously and had to defend both yeah but he lost the X division and didn't lose the world heavyweight yeah so they like Jay Lethal got a roll up pin and then he like took it out on the guy in the main event so then you can do that like someone wins the u.s title let's say chris benoit wins the u.s title and then goldberg has the heavyweight title and he's like i have to rectify this i have to basically go into hiding uh, i'm going to train for this thing and then chris benoit versus goldberg uh for the world heavyweight title goldberg beats benoit handshake at the end i don't know absolutely yeah, so it's okay he's now the champion basically no real challengers hogan comes back at the same time, they bring in the Ultimate Warrior. All that bullshit happens. Yeah. 
Hogan then leaves after beating the Warrior, declares himself he's going to be president of the run for president. Goldberg okay. still doesn't have any real viable challengers except for DDP. That match actually pretty all right for one guy who's in his mid forties and another guy who at this point has been a wrestler for two years. No, and that's the other thing is that DDP had been around wrestling for a long time, but really had only wrestled five, like, six years at that point. Yeah, so yeah. combined, you got seven years ahead of them. But we didn't talk about um, combined. They were as old as Jerry Lala's wife. Ha <laughs> ha. Yo, 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 yo. Where is a one-year-old? Larry, I want to suck her tits. Larry, I want to suck her tits. Larry, 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 Larry. Oh, how old are the kids next door, John? Larry. How old are the kids next door? Have I don't you, know their ages. Have you measured them? No. Are they up to your liking, you <laughs> fucking pedophile? I'm not a pedophile. You're a rapist. You're the fabulous moolah of sex crime. Oh, I want to put it in your fabulous pula. Get it? Your diarrhea. I have diarrhea, and it's coming out my dick, and it's white. <laughs> That's Goldberg. Oh, my Goldberg. All right, That's why I'm gonna I call my dick my Goldberg. A tattoo to go tea on it. It's weird because you always point at women and say who's next. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't mean consensually. Yeah, and you've been tased many times. I'm gonna by Cuban take men. it. How many times have you been tased by Cuban men? All right. Can we? Speaking of non-consensual, can we talk about Kevin Nash finally beats Goldberg at Starcade because Scott Hall tases him? We'll go. We'll go to break after this. We'll go to break after this. Because now we'll talk. This is the best build of a single character in the shortest amount of time ever. And oh boy, do they shit on it. Even so though you're fast. a queef machine about the flock angle? Yeah. Because they could have done that better. I'm saying it was still amazing. It could have been spectacular. They could have stretched it out. But the other thing about Goldberg is he didn't have a manager. So you have to fill all this mic time with people basically supporting Goldberg. And you have to be like walk up to these old wrestlers who are like this guy's been in the business for three years he's good at entrances making you look weak and can't do a promo go out there sell this match like you're gonna beat him lose in 10 minutes but again you can be feeding him jobbers because they had all these big stables the flock was fucking six guys that's six yeah. matches on tv so if you're doing one on nitro one on goldberg Thunder, versus the cruiserweights and he spears all of them at somehow the same time goldberg <laughs> versus the lwo and then he he jackhammers the entire cruiserweight the division fuck they didn't do a goldberg v filthy animals angle i'll never fucking know <laughs> oh poppy um oh, the filthy animals i love them so good much. times good times great memories you know what i mean no oh you don't know what that means Goldberg loses the belt. The next night, Hogan comes out to challenge that spoon Kevin Nash. Literal. That's what he actually said. Because <laughs> um, he's digging him. Also, at this point, by the way, Goldberg challenges Steve Austin to a match. I can't remember where that happened. Oh, they always did that. We yeah, didn't talk about that in the previous episode, but I wanted to actually touch on this, so I will now, if it's a week later. Um, when Xbox debuted on WWF television... This is something that WCW would always fucking do, and they kind of jumped the shark around like 98, the Goldberg era, um, is they would throw stones at WWF, and it stopped working around the Mick Foley title win. Um, it absolutely, it cost them 500,000 views. But they would respond to, so so Xbox was like, uh, oh, well, Nash and Hall would be here if their contracts yeah, were tied up. we touched on that. But then Bischoff came back the next week and said, like, oh, you can bite me or something like that. Like, oh, you're a drunk and you can bite me. And it's kind of like the same thing as, like, if you receive, like, we've both been trolled online. You just don't respond. I like responding. 
I ha- like you don't respond because then you just create a dialogue with this garbage loser. So you don't do it. Like, oh, they said that, whatever. You want to control the dialogue. You want to fire the first shot because it's like, it's like ver- an argument is just like anything else. If you start the argument, just like if you start a fight you're and you throw the first punch, you throw hardest. Now you've you've dictated the terms of the, of the engagement. Yeah. yeah. So they would always do that. And that's why Goldberg was like, let's actually fight Steve Austin. And Austin was like, ah, no. Yeah, because that means we're winning. Well, it's the same thing we didn't touch on the Xbox episode. It just seems is, pathetic. Like, which is the DX invasion, which is when they went to drive into the WCW yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, first of all, two things were supposedly happening backstage. One was they shut down the door. The other one is Ming walked over to the door and was like, open it up. Open it up. We'll show them an invasion. Open it up. And they're like, nope, not going to let you not going to let you go after the man who's eaten the man's nose. Yeah, but that's the other thing is that Vince you can't do that because it's a publicly traded company. Like, it's Time Warner. You, you could, can't be like, Time Warner employee assaults. No, but the reason, but also when Vince McMahon also said in an interview, what would you have done if they'd NWO had done an invasion of, of Raw? And he was like, open the door. Let him in. Because yeah. everyone would have watched that. Everyone yeah. who watching Nitro, you would have called. You will not believe it. Yeah, they're on Raw. Yeah, and it's the perfect point, which is, and it goes exactly what you're saying. WCW always threw the first punch, and they would never retort until it was a thing where you have to see it. Yeah, and you just know it was fake bullshit, annoying wrestling garbage. Um, this is also the time, 98, 99, is everyone so egotistical? Apparently, the reason why Hulk Hogan announced he was running for president was just because Jesse Ventura became the governor of Minnesota. And so he, Hogan had to one-up him. He, and he hates Jesse Ventura. They hate each other so much. Why? Oh, because I, I assume it's kind of jealousy. Like, Ventura thought he could be Hogan. Yeah. And Hogan was like, how wise does this dude have an acting career? Or well, they, they both, you know, we both ripped off the superstar billy graham um you just ripped him off in a bitter better more family oriented way and i talked about going to plato's retreat um for example jesse ventura nearly got sued because he said allegedly hulk hogan um uh exposed himself to a uh, a woman at a, a nightclub in daytona beach okay and the, the man who did it was very large but with a baby penis and he was like well i only know one guy who was like that <laughs> 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 the baby penis all right well we, we got to talk about this though so the actual goldberg losing the taser thing was so fucking weird so weird because like, it's also scott hall and kevin nash weren't friends they at this point had mm-hmm. broken up and Kevin Nash had gone with NW black and white. Or no Wolfpack. And no, Kevin Nash was NWO Wolfpack. Yeah. Hall was NWO Hollywood. Yeah. But this is like Nash isn't a face yet. He's kind of like a tweener because yeah, he's still tweener. NWO. So then they have this Nash run. And the thing the the other thing about the finger poke dube that people kind of forget is that Nash people were into Nash as a baby face yeah. at this time. So they could have done their Nash Goldberg super match at Starcade, but they didn't. But all they, they just fucking ruined it up. The only difference with that match is it needed to be a DQ loss. Oh, they did it at Starcade. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, they did it at Starcade, but it needed to be a DQ loss. It didn't need to be a clean one, two, three pin by Kevin Nash. How do you do a DQ loss though? Have fucking Hogan run in and cost 
Nash has it looks like Nash is about to Nash is about to get the jackknife parabomb and fucking beat Bill Goldberg. Yeah. Hogan runs in, costs him the match, comes out the next night. The only reason you're still the champion, Bill Goldberg, is because I fucking made sure that you didn't lose. Yeah. So right there, you now have a three-pronged feud between Nash, Hogan, Goldberg. Yeah. So you either have a match between Hogan and Nash. Either one of them goes over. That's fine. You now are facing Goldberg. And then that extends for fucking two pay-per-views because you can then... It's it's what they were doing the fucking Attitude Era. They teased Vince McMahon and Steve Austin having a match for a fucking year. Just take your fucking time. And with someone like Bill Goldberg, that's exactly what you need to do is take your time. I can't even remember if we've had a break yet. We have not. Good. I just want to say this. That's the difference between two and three hours, though. The difference between two and three hours is literally 52 hours of television here. That's right. With 52 hours less of television here, you can have it make it pop. Think about the jump from one hour to two hours. That's the exact thing. Like you can, I two hours is better. You can tell more stories, but also like you exaggerate. You have to fucking kill a bunch of them. No, but the thing with three hours, and we're talking about current wrestling, is it's not resolving stories faster. You need to make more stories and have more interesting characters. The reason, one of the big things why the Attitude Era and WCW worked was that every wrestler had a purpose and a reason. They were chasing a certain belt in a certain division for a reason. Yeah. Alex Wright was in the t- in the running for the TV title along with a bunch of other guys. Yeah. Tag teams were in the running for the tag team title. You have yeah. matches that are tag teams versus tag teams, and if you win, you get put in closer to winning the tag team belt. Yeah. You make it more like a sport, so then that fills your match. You do vaudevillians versus fucking Big Cass and Cockstain, or whatever the fuck his name is. Mm. And you just have that be a match not for the title. And you do that with a bunch of different things. You have women title, women's matches that aren't for the title, and the champion comes out. So it's, it's important and it's impactful. You use all these tricks and you extend it. You don't rush to things. Don't rush. Just stay with what, us after this break. I will, because we're now going to talk about how they fucking, just Goldberg was used so badly now for the next two years. At the break. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings, and sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling, but right now we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review the wrestler review on itunes it really helps us out we do this podcast for free we have we've been so lazy we haven't even set up one of those paypal things not only that we won't set up paypal things because wrestling fans have integrity and no money and no money no fucking Mm -hmm. money but what we do have is uh existence on this plane so please let us know that you're out there email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com like us on twitter the wrestler review follow us on instagram at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. And we're black! From Blake. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is now Goldberg has lost the finger poke of doom. What's happening with us, John? Goldberg lost the finger poke of doom. Uh, no, Nash uh, loses the finger poke of doom. Yeah. Uh, the reason why Goldberg wasn't there to interfere is that Miss Elizabeth accused him of aggressive stalking. Originally, the charge was supposed to be, he raped me. <laughs> what? Yeah. And he was arrested by the Atlanta police and taken to the police station that was across the street. 
and couldn't get back in time uh, to wrestle the match. This is also the night when Eric Bischoff ordered Tony Giovanni to say Cactus Jack, who wrestled uh, wrestled here in WCW, is going to win the WWF title. And 500,000 people immediately switched. Yeah, this is a real line in the sand night. Yeah. It's after their huge match. Goldberg just lost and they fuck over. They pretty much fuck everything up. They, they fucked everything up. But they again, the the tasering of Bill Goldberg that moment right there was the end, the beginning of the end of WCW. Well, the next month Goldberg gets his revenge on Nash, and then uh, he was, and then Rick and Scott Steiner uh, did an in ring attack, and yeah. uh, basically this was all just get ready for Goldberg because he was in the new Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> Universal Soldiers. Movie. Yeah, thing Universal Soldier. He was also in a movie. Uh, were Santa from Hell, where he speared a guy into Hell? That was pretty good. Fuck. He's got some underrated movies, bud. It is still crazy that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. That's fucking nuts. That's fucking crazy. This is, though, I will say this. This is after the NWO. This is when they were like, what the fuck do we do? Because the NWO is kind of like run out of steam. Because they keep trying the NWO again every once every two months. So one of the uh, post-NWO uh, factions, Goldberg feuded the Jersey Triad. You're jumping way ahead because Goldberg then goes back, goes away again. Because when does he do the thing with the limousine? That's around this time where Goldberg, so fucking frustrated, they say go and attack the limousine where it's either the powers that be or the NWO are in. And... He's supposed to be holding a pipe in his hand and hit the gimmick windows. He hits two of the faked windows, and then he goes and hits a third and literally just punches through an actual car window and nearly loses his fucking arm. Yeah. Shut up. You're fat. He's out for a year, everybody. He's out for a fucking year. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to find the time frame on that. When was the? Can you repeat that? When was the time frame? I'm gonna believe that was. Ninety eight, ninety nine. I was gonna say that's mid ninety nine. In fact, no, it was mid ninety nine. It was right as Vince Russo was taking control of the booking. Goldberg gets his win back from Nash at Spring Stampede. Um, he takes time off to film Universal Soldier. YOLO comes back, starts feeding with those Jersey fucking triads and uh, with the Jersey triad. Because this is also like the the, un- the other thing is in that match that he loses, Bam Bam Bigelow started trying to, trying to start like a mini feud with Goldberg. And he is he is in the Jersey triad as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this starts when they try and make Stone Cold St- Sid Vicious because... This is when he beats Sid down, and Sid cannot continue. Oh, the Millennium Man, Sid but Vicious. But he still wants to fight John, the underdog, Sid Vicious. Because I'm the Millennium Man. I'm the Millennium Man. <laughs> I'm the Millennium Man. I'm the master and the ruler of the world. This is when he would do the fucking, my, one of my favorite things, where Sid would come down to the ring, he would fist pound a fan, then act like he was going to walk away, and then fist pound them again, and then act like he was going to walk away, and then fist pound him three times, and go, yeah! <laughs> that was great. How the fuck does Sid still get work? He's the best. He wrestled consistently for 15 years, and you can't find one person that was like, I like that guy. He's, he's fucking sick Gene Snitsky, baby. 
Yeah, he kind of is in a way. Gene Sixney, buddy. So this is also <laughs> when they uh, they reset all the titles. Oh, this is the worst. This is the day blue. This is like it's this is WCW nineteen ninety nine. It's literally impossible to keep track of what's happening. So uh, Goldberg uh, Goldberg wrestles in the thirty two man tournament for the vacant world title. Um, I mean, I I, I think we can just skip over nineteen ninety nine. This is just so fucking awful. This is just the awfulest time in wrestling ever. And look how... Here's what happens in 1999. Fucking soon after this is to the fucking... The hottest angle in wrestling. They are two years away from... We're on top of the world too. Go fuck yourself. I know, eh? All right. Here it is. Basically, he wrestles... This is what happens in 1999. He feuds with the Jersey Triad. Um, He joined forces with Bret Hart... To before win Bret Hart, the tag team championship. Before Bret Hart then made NWO 2000 with Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, Bret Hart, Hall, and Nash formed the NWO 2000, as you said. And Goldberg is so mad about that that he... Ends Bret Hart's career with a super And life almost with a <laughs> concussion uh, with that big old kick, which Bret doesn't really fucking begrudge him for because... You know, why would you? Well, that depends on when you catch Brett, because occasionally he definitely is like, that man was unfit to wrestle and shouldn't <laughs> have been in the ring. <laughs> well, he, al- but he also talks like, Bret Hart talks about all the fucking like concussions he had before that and how he was like, they were like, ah, work. Still one of and my biggest kept regrets, by the way, was I saw Bret Hart once at Comedy Bar in Toronto and didn't go up and get a photo. Still, You didn't man. super kick him. I did super kick. You it. didn't line up the old sweet chin and just be like, kidding. Here's the problem. I could kill I'm you, still, though. I was still almost, I'm still, uh, still I am and will always be more of a fan of his brother than him. Whoa. Ladies, uh, gentlemen, somebody ring the alarm and ring Brett. Um, that was my own heart. Uh, so basically, this is what you're talking about. This is actually December 23rd, 1999. He chased the NWO limousine, because why not? And uh, smashed. I remember this, too. I remember him smashing through the window, mm-hmm. and he demanded the window not be gimmicked, and, of course, almost tore his fucking arm off. No, two of the windows, as it turned out, were gimmicked, and then the third back one, where he was given a pipe, he then refused to use the pipe, and he just smashed fucking... I agree with what he said, though. Like, Goldberg wouldn't use a pipe. You know what I mean? Like, Goldberg's supposed to be... A fucking monster machine man who's a monster machine. Yeah, who's but a it's a man also, and a machine and a monster. But then just get him to use a. I say, like, no, fuck it. He uses a pipe and he smashes it in one fucking go and they're in there. That's the other thing is that there, there was no one in the limousine. All he did yep. was just smash some windows for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But that's sick. Oh, good point. Gold, Brock Lesnar also took an axe to a car and no one's saying that wasn't sick. Oh, sick. That was awesome. Although Brock Lesnar, I wish Brock Lesnar wouldn't wear sweats. <laughs> just wears those like NBA warm-ups where I'm like, Brock, you look like a, like I know you're huge Brock, you and I know you're like, I can't relate, but you look like a guy going to get milk. Yeah, you look like a guy hungover. You look like me hungover on a Sunday. It's like, what? <laughs> I guess we'll get Thai food. <sighs> exactly. All right. So this is just all a wash, really. Um, 
and the man apparently made during all this stuff where he complains oh my god how can he not complain about all these things um but he made uh 2.5 million dollars a year and the reason he didn't come in during that invasion is because he would have risen to 3.5 million dollars a year if vince had activated the contract yeah 3.5 million dollars why the fuck he didn't do it i don't understand Here's weird though, because people talk about like 3.5, that's a lot of money. It's like, not in athletes make a lot, and that's the highest paid wrestler. Mm, yeah, he's the high paid wrestler. The thing with the WC. $3.5 million too, if he would just wrestle TV and they would have just been able to do the invasion angle, would have been, that would have been fine. Like, they would have been able to. Because no, wouldn't, wouldn't they, you have to remember wouldn't the they had to have, they would have ripped up that deal and then had to make a new one? No, you had to just buy out that deal. Oh shit! And then renegotiate. No, you just buy out the deal. You pay. You say I take that contract on. So you buy the contract. Mm-hmm. So you just go. We will. That's an asset. We'll pay for that now. So we'll pay you that contract for a certain amount of time. They did that with a bunch of people. They did it. They say they didn't do it. Some people took it because DDP wanted to go to the Fed, so he just took their shitty deal. The rest of them said, "Go fuck yourselves." And also, why not just wait until all the contract, all the contracts expired? Within a year. Yeah. He could have just fucking waited. Which yeah. is what I think, again. If they would have just done the invasion angle in like 2002. If they just done the invasion, they should have done the invasion angle gearing up for WrestleMania 18 and have it start there. If they would have just teased it. Yeah, because you could have teased it for a year. They had the WCW guys at WrestleMania 17. All you needed to do is have Shane McMahon show up every three months. And fucking cause a little bit of havoc. Yeah, or have one guy, like one WCW guy, and you say he's a WCW guy, the biggest guy you can get, enter in the division. DDP. And you literally have DDP, Diamond Cutter, someone. Although I like the DDP, by the way, the reason why he did it was he went people's champ versus people's champ, me versus The Rock. Which, you know what? I'd see that match. Just because The Rock making fun of DDP would have been the best. (laughs) Yeah, because there's a a lot to work with there. Oh, my God. His chest alone. And The Rock says, you got the chest of an old woman. The Rock says, I'm going to actually fuck your wife. Uh, we paid uh, We paid to Kimberly. She's going to suck his dick. That's um. <laughs> that's Vince. <laughs> Sounded like Harley Race. Let me tell you, you motherfucker. So in the tradition of the wrestler review, kind of completely skipping over stuff that we don't really know about, we're going to go to him coming as the world heavyweight champion. Uh, in I can, WWE. I can sum up the rest of the WCW run. Here's what happened. He comes back after that injury. They're going to make him a face. No, he becomes a heel. Then he retires forever, comes back the next week, beats Ric Flair for some reason, retires forever. Vince Russo gets beaten, beats him, and Bill Goldberg retires forever. Next week, him and Booker T form a tag team. They betray each other at a simultaneous moment, and the mastermind behind it is revealed to be Ric Flair, who's actually Vince Russo who retires forever, as does Bill Goldberg. They're both back the next week, have a funeral for Kevin Nash, who everyone retires for a week. They all come back. <laughs> then Booker T's the world champion. He's going to face Bill Goldberg. Unfortunately, Bill Goldberg's already retired. So Sting <laughs> comes out and does it, but Sting's retired, so it's Lex Luger versus Booker <laughs> T. As it turns out, it's not Booker T. It was Bill Goldberg the entire time, who's now retired. Then... Shane Helms wins the Divas Championship. Shane Helms becomes the women's champion. Unfortunately, he's beaten by Bill Goldberg, who then no, retires no, no. again. No, no, no. Divas. <laughs> um, are you a superstar or are you a diva? And then finally, Ric Flair beats Sting, and Shane McMahon is the owner of the company, and Bill Goldberg goes away with a crisp 
bazillion dollars. And he went to he went to all Japan for a minute. Uh, beat uh, Kojima and Toyo Kia. Um, and, and also team with Kenji Muto to defeat Chronic because we got to get Chronic oh, a paycheck. <laughs> May I say, Brian Adams and Brian Clark. They made so much money out of just being, we're the worst tag team in the world. Adam Bomb and Crush. Yeah. That's an appealing tag team when I was eight. I like to think of them as Wrath and Brian Adams. So, Wagwan with these things. The Rock has a celebration, bitches. Um, that was Dave Chappelle. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm good. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> The Rock has a celebration. And then Goldberg, com- and, uh, Goldberg comes out, spears him. Like, comes out of the crowd and just murders him. Doesn't come out of the crowd. Literally, the rocks in the middle of the ring and you hear the gong hits and everyone goes, what the fuck? And here comes Bill Goldberg who walks out, spears him. Chill Goldberg. Which was the character they pitched where he's just like, chilled out now? Stop farting. On your things. <laughs> Never. So, he, uh, Goldberg beats the rock. Uh, he... They did treat Goldberg well for the first half year, right? Uh, he yeah. did that sweet spear three-minute warning through the barricades thing. They treat him really, really well up until when he's, he literally mows through everyone in the elimination chamber and then Triple H just beats him. Yeah. But that's because what was it? I think there was like four people to beat. There were people, the people to beat. Goldberg lost four times and I think two of them were Triple H and two of them were Nash. Forget how many times he lost, but two Nash and Triple H hold two victories each over him. So yeah, Triple H basically they're doing the whole like Triple H, Triple H is um being Ric Flair. He's in evolution now, uh, and he puts a bounty on Goldberg's head. I don't know, man. This is just like completely ignorant of what people wanted to see. People wanted to see Goldberg versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, very very badly, and they just didn't. Well, because Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck was literally falling off of his head. Yeah, but what do you do? What do you do? Do you give Goldberg the title, or do you just let him run against Triple H? You absolutely give Goldberg the title. You again? Why not go? Eat? And they changed like they they couldn't license his theme song, and he grew a beard, and he ended up having like his tattoo on his on his tights you know what i mean yeah. like they he wasn't just in black tights anymore he grew a beard and no, but that they was, changed they, they all made him do that because they were also going you're not steve austin you need to look different than steve austin yeah but that's stupid absolutely stupid they also did things like having goldberg gold dust put his wig on him and goldberg didn't beat the fuck out it was also because by the way vince mcmahon didn't like bill goldberg bill goldberg didn't like vince mcmahon and you know that because every time there's a tmz interview with bill goldberg they go how are you vince mcmahon's a prick by the way (laughs) he's a fucking asshole because let's get to lesnar and brock brock and goldberg are leaving at the same time their contracts are up yeah wrestlemania 20 wrestlemania 20 they set it up in a great way eddie guerrero wins the title because bill goldberg comes in spears brock lesnar and Eddie Guerrero uh, hits the frog splash. That fucking um, uh, match is so good. Is yeah. it, this is also kind of because this is when Lesnar's becoming like an actually very good pro wrestler. Yeah. And also knows how to put people. And also he's with Eddie Guerrero who can sell so well, but also is something that no one does anymore, which is really good, which is instead of you get you take the finisher and kick out, you last minute reverse the finisher. Finisher. 
which yeah. is what Eddie Guerrero does. He reverses the F5 in such a good way. Mm-hmm. And also, he doesn't get a pin off of it because you wouldn't. It was just a reversal, but he gets a really strong two count. So it's, again, delaying, delaying, delaying. Eddie Guerrero wins. Brock blamed Bill Goldberg for the costing him the match. So they put Steve Austin in the ring with Goldberg and Lesnar. The entire plan up until the day, according to Dave Meltzer, was Goldberg loses. Fuck you, Bill Goldberg. You're yeah, because he never really lost that clean to anybody. No. Like he would always, he would lose to Triple H, he would lose to Nash, but it was always some. So they were like, "What the fuck is he gonna do? Is he gonna shoot on Brock? Like he's gonna fucking lose? Like he has to go." And then they find out like a couple weeks before Lesnar's just fucking leaving and bre- breaching contract essentially. And so Goldberg's like, and they're like, "All right, well, Babyface has to win. Bill wins." Yeah, Goldberg goes over because they probably were like, "We fuck like Bill Goldberg. We might hate him." But we but didn't make him. We didn't use all these resources to make him. Like, shit, you can only do once. Like, he beats Hogan and then Undertaker and then Rock. You can only do that once. You can only do. You can only beat those three yeah. guys that strong the once. The man beat a shark on the way to beating the Rock. <laughs> yeah, they they've put him over as this like fucking uber monster. Fucking, I'd say like it was faster than Goldberg for sure. They did not wait. It was like within three or four months he was the champ. Oh, my God. Lesnar was... Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out of the company because he didn't want to do a job. He was like, that should deserve to be built and be a pay-per-view. I'll do it, but I'm not doing it on fucking Raw. Yeah. Just a throwaway because that's what they do now, man. Like, that's the really... That... This era we're talking about with Goldberg and Lesnar, and really is the it's been 14 years now. It's hard to believe, but this is the part of like the disposable wins and losses. Like, yeah, just lose. It's, it's funny because they'll tell you it doesn't mean anything, but then they'll just like they're very particular about when they want Roman Reigns or John Cena to lose, right? Or like how Triple H is now doing the Hogan moves if he stays off television during Monday Night Football season because he wants to be able to justify to stockholders that he does collect a salary both as the CEO and a wrestler because he's such a valuable talent. Yeah. It's if I was a stockholder or a major investor I would also be like fuck you you're not wrestling and being the CEO. Like hey, how about this? You're never wrestling again because you were never that good. B <laughs> That's what you would say as a stockholder. I would. I'd be like if I was a majority stockholder in the WWE, this is what would happen. Stephanie's not allowed on television for 10 years. Yeah. Vince, you're allowed on television three times a year. And one of those includes WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Foley, I need you to stop being everyone's creepy dad. Mm-hmm. and need you to start either being a maniacal fucking bad guy or a friend of the baby face that pisses off all the heels. Daniel Bryan, you need to be a wrestling purist that's annoying to the fans in a slight way. Mm-hmm. And Shane McMahon, you're going to oversee both shows and be the conduit because you haven't been on television for 10 years, so at least you're a fresh face. That's the very first thing I would do. Here's something else I would do. Stop having commercial breaks in the middle of matches. It's not that fucking hard. Ooh. It's John so annoying. is naked and he's pulling on his limp penis, guys. I'm pulling on it. Also, stop scripting the promos hire acting teachers and fucking teach these guys how to talk into a microphone if they can learn how to do a fucking triple axle drop kick they can learn how to go i don't like dean ambrose that's a different skill set though then teach them a lot of people learned how to do it so john is laying a path of 
path of candy for these children. Or do what they fuck you. Or do what they did with Bill Goldberg. You don't have him talk for two years. (laughs) Roman Reigns. They should have built him like built him like Bill Goldberg. After a, they kept the shield. The Goldberg build is done though. Like that's another thing. In that you keep him away from the fucking microphone, and he has short, quick matches that are interesting. You also don't give him something like the Superman punch and the spear. I think you give him the Superman punch and make him stay away. No one should do the spear for like 13 years. So what's your best thing about Billy Goldby? Spear and fucking jackhammer. Yo. It's also, I like everyone having two big fucking killer finisher moves. And You never per- pin someone with the spear though, really. No, but it's just it's just a good move to have. It's also like that it's a nice sort of move around move. It was also he is the only guy that gives the spear good. No. Edge was awful at Edge it. Edge was really bad. Rhino. Rhino's Rhino and Goldberg. Yeah. I always I always think of that more like the gore though. But that's just me. But that's what I mean though. Like and that was the thing. Cause that's what I was gonna say best thing is probably I'm going to say the two eyes, intro and influence, because his intro is the best probably ever. Uh Like coming out, security guards going through uh, and then being in the pyro, being completely engulfed in the pyro, like exhaling it all out and then fucking going nuts on the way to the ring. And also the whole thing of like he's just walking with the security, like... That intro. The only guy that needs, like, that has security guards around him. And you get the feeling that it's not for him, it's for the other people. Like, they have to have this guy under lock and key. Like, he's a caged animal, you know? Yeah, and that that adds the big fight element. The idea that, and it was, again, this was a great thing with the commentators. The commentators are putting that over going, I'm glad that security is there. They're, yeah. They're there because this guy's a fucking loose cannon dick. Yeah. And we'll go off at any time. And the fact you see him from the back, it's a completely different entrance from anyone else. That whole, like, knock, knock, knock. Yeah. Um, they also, they would do this thing, which was an addition, which was, and you'd see he'd occasionally have blood on his forehead. Yeah. And they, they started this rumor through the WCW magazine that he would smash his head into the locker before he walked out of the fucking dressing room. Yeah. As a way to get psyched up. Obviously, they would just fucking cut his head a little bit. And he wouldn't do that? No, he admitted he does that. Is that what he does? Yeah, that's why he's a psychopath. Like, he was saying, like, yeah, he would smash his head against shit to get, like, pumped up. He thought, he talked about that on the Austin podcast. He would totally do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's fucking nuts, man. He's in, he probably gave himself, like, seven concussions. He's fucking crazy. But yeah, so, exactly. Again, but he's the kind of guy, like, he his look and his, and his influence, I want to say, is that they've literally given the company man that spear finisher every single guy since him yeah like rain spear uh batista used a spear bobby lashley used a spear you know fuck there were other guys who used spears as well um who else used a spear trish stratus for stratus used a spear edge obviously edge Edge is so fucking bad at suit. Yeah, Ugh. he's too small to be using a spear. But that's the kind of thing that worked is like he was, I mean, we'll, t- we'll have an Edge episode, I'm assuming. But like he was like a Roddy Piper heel where it's like nothing I do is cool. Everyone just wants to boo me. Nothing can be cool. So that's why he had the spear as well. But pinning people off that shit made no sense. And the other thing is 
everyone else would use the spear to like protect a guy so you'd spear a guy like you would you know what i mean yeah. like you you move your head off the center line and you just kind of hit him with your shoulder and then drag him down type thing it's kind of like more like wrestling someone to the ground than an actual spear whereas goldberg would just fucking run people over yeah but do a ta- it was basically a running tackle yeah exactly and that's what he said he wanted his character to be was like miss martial arts with the tackle so his influence, no one's really even used the jackhammer since him. It's one of those moves where I don't think people could. It's like the stunner now. Like, no one could really use... What are you use talking about? John Cena's doing a great job with the stunner. John Cena stopped using the stunner. He stopped using the springboard stunner? Yeah. Thank God. I loved it. No, you didn't. But it's like, the moves that are probably... I mean, like, no one would ever use the leg drop, but, like, leg drop... Leg drop, top, elbow, rock bottom... Stunner, Jackhammer are probably the ones you can't use. You can use the top elbow. You couldn't use it as a final move, but you could do it as like No, you can use the top elbow, but people are like, oh shades of shades of Macho Man, Man Randy Savage. Savage. Just like if you were to use the fucking uh if you were to use rock bottom, shades of Rocky Maivia. So you can use it, but you there's no way you can ignore that that is that move. Yeah, tombstone. Yep, Tombstone as well would probably be... But they would never let anyone use the Tombstone just because of the health and shit. Yeah. But it's just influence, right? It's in the same way that you everyone won't see the Powerbomb anymore because of the great work of Sid Vicious. <laughs> but everyone... You won't see anyone else drinking on the way to the ring because mm, of Sandman. Yeah. You won't see anyone else you won't see being anyone a black man a, because of Booker T. You won't see anyone else giving $100,000 to Paul Heyman because of Tommy Dreamer and his mafia family. <laughs> But, like, that's what I mean by his influence is, like, he is now the new archetype for how you get over, like, an unstoppable killer guy. Like, he was the first, he was the first guy who was, like, the new era high impact of that, like, machine type guy. Because Taz did it, but Taz was, like, his gimmick was, I'm a highly trained judoka. I'm also just a pissed off guy from Brooklyn. Yeah, but it's also... whereas. But Taz was also a different thing, which is Taz was so unique because he was essentially wrestling people in ECW. And mm-hmm. for all that Paul Heyman wants to say, of like, we had lots of wrestling. You didn't, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, you had a guy who would do it. Like, Shane Douglas was your, like, Ric Flair guy because he did an arm drag yeah. when he was a five. And he would walk out there, cut my fucking music. <laughs> but, like, Goldberg, like, when we talked about in the Taz episode, he had every single move you would want to give a creative player. He had a fucking super kick. Like he would just do regular moves and moves you had never seen before as and throw nothing. Like like the one I forget who he did did a pump handle slam to a guy where he like picked him up and instead of doing the pump handle slam he would throw him backwards. He just held him up for a bit and then threw him. And he also did cool stuff like like one time he had a guy up for a jackhammer and he went to the turnbuckle and then he held him up and then he ran and did like a running power slam jackhammer. And, and his all his moves looked fucking like Yes, they hurt people, but yes, but they also looked fucking insane. It's also the benefit of the WCW had a, used a smaller ring. Yes. And that also looked more impressive. Mm-hmm. The way they also mic'd and used the ring. Yes, the way they mic'd the ring, yeah. It also just sounded way more high yeah. impact. I do they, love the mic of the ring, and I, don't, I hate that, that they don't use that. In the, in the Fed? Yeah. No. Like if SmackDown, like that's little shit. Like if SmackDown mic'd the ring... Yeah, I don't you had that fucking like if you had that find a new way to do an entrance ramp because like all all WCW and ECW would all use the like center stage like entrance ramp where it's just flat. Yeah, it was a straight out ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. No, again, and those are things you could definitely do to differentiate from WWE. To, um, 
a SmackDown to Raw, but they won't do that because they want to just use the same set and it saves money. Yeah, 100%. But it's stupid. It's also, here's how you do the set for SmackDown. Get me a... Do you remember the Attitude Era set where it was just the fucking WWF logo and the fucking screen? Go back to that, but all in blue. Boom. There you fucking go. Yeah, you got to make things look different. But that's what I'm saying. Like, influence of this guy is felt... Like, he almost reinvented how you do that type of character he not he a he invented the type of character and b it's indelible like like i said no one had ever seen the spear and now it's every single one's default goddamn finisher for better or worse and also another thing that they to just go back to the streak one last time and then we'll get to the worst of sure the streak is also something that was an amazing way to build someone but the lesson from that is you, and the reason why you know that is that's how they build Andre. They just said Andre was undefeated for fifteen years, mm-hmm. and I think Goldberg is one of those guys where if he would use properly, he could still be used one match every two years. Will you be able to beat him? He's now super old. If they had been smart, and it's it's a talent. What waste. never beaten the streak? Yeah, you didn't need to beat the streak. That's interesting. I never heard of that. You didn't need to build. All you needed to do was never put a title on him, mm-hmm. and use him slightly less. No, I think you just because a guy like Goldberg, who's not like a fan of wrestling, will then probably just walk away with money. Like you need a guy who like if it was like a guy like CM Punk or Ambrose or someone like that. I know those are bad examples, but like if you had a guy like that, then you could do the streak because they like wrestling. Yeah, those are the two worst examples. One guy who will never wrestle again, and the other guy who definitely is going to walk out within a year. CM Punk, I think, liked wrestling and the reason... I mean, we talked about this in the episode, but the reason he... I'll never do it again is because, like, a fucking... It's like his wife cheated on him. Like, he loved wrestling and he gave it a second chance and he was like, okay, cool, now they're going to do what I want them to do and they once again, it was the same bullshit. It's like when you break up a gr- with a girl and get back together with her and then you're just like, it's the same fucking bullshit. I'll break up with girls. Um, When you accumulate enough women that they start fighting. What? Yeah. I killed them. What? Really? I gotta go. I've never broken up with a woman. I just keep adding them to the pile. <laughs> Worst thing about Bill Goldberg, I've Dylan got 70 girlfriends. Um, Probably his promos. Uh, I'm going to say his WWF run. Worse than 99 WCW. Yeah, because no one remembers 99 WCW. I'm the only one who remembers it. I only, I'm the only one who knows how many times he's retired. Yeah, because they didn't need to. They didn't need to make him good, so they didn't. It's kind of it's okay to have a guy who's kind of okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it tarnished him. They just it's a wasted opportunity. He could have been so fucking good. Yeah, I mean for us it's cool. Like it, it would have been cool to see like they oh, treated fuck. Scott Steiner with more reverence in the WWF than they pretty did. quickly they didn't. <laughs> pretty quickly do you remember his matches with test i do remember his matches with triple h he came in with triple h and they were like oh fuck and then triple h was like we just fucking like he wrestled triple h and then test that's how he went from the main event to lower mid card in one fucking pay-per-view yeah holla if you hear me, that's the other thing. We talk about this about mid late nineties WCW that I loved is that every wrestler got on the mic before they started a match and yelled their catchphrase. Yeah, no, well that that started with uh, the Rock. If you smell what the Rock is cooking, then they just that just became the new template for entrances. Like if you have a catchphrase, you say it, and then your music plays. Let's get to, let's get these catchphrases. 
destroyed. But no, but no, Scott Steiner would literally just um, get on the mic before he wrestled and like, give it up for your big, all the freaks out nationwide. Give it up for the big bad booty daddy. Holla if you hear me. And he would yell that. No, he wouldn't. He would. No, he wouldn't. When are we going to do a Scott Steiner episode? Next week. All right, next week's the Scott Steiner. Uh, hey, everybody. My name's Dylan Gott. And I'm Dylan Gott. Oh, no, Dylan's here together. John Hastings is next door playing with those kids. Sucking on their dicks. <laughs> Who wants to fight or fuck? Thank you very much for listening, guys. Give yourselves a big round of applause for coming out tonight. Thank you very much for supporting live comedy. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Viber, WhatsApp, uh, Reddit, Twitter, your mom, your, your mom, dad, your dad. Ask your dad about your mom. We fucked her. Tell your dad to bring your mom to us so hey, we can we get need the some fo- of her egg salads. Hey, guys, we need the following guests for our podcast. Kay. Roy Chubby Brown. Yep. That's all. That is all. Um, hey, I know what you're wondering. What's next? Scott Steiner, next week. Go fuck yourselves. Okay. Hey, Mr. Rollins. Establish, you know, you're just, you're just fucking psyched. Just doesn't have to all the time be right for this. Last time, here we go. Third charm. Rolling. Yes. Three, two.